Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Noctis Point, Chapter 14. Kingly grabbed his arm. Whoa, Alex, enough! Raz smirked. Alex growled, struggling to break free, but Kingley's grip was too strong. See ya, Null, Raz said, turning to go. Watch your back. You're just target practice now. Alex let himself be manhandled into a seat and looked up as Kingley sat down next to him. What the hell was that? Alex shook his head. I just... I don't know. I guess I'm on edge... You know how it is when you can't do something that everyone else seems to find easy? Sarking isn't easy, Kingley said, then looked over Alex's shoulder. Hey, Natasha. Mind if I join you? Natasha sat down next to Kingley. What was that all about? Raz just... He's got something against me. I've seen people like him before, at the home. Alex curled his lip in disgust. Guess people are the same everywhere. We were worried about you after you ran off. It didn't look good, you know. Alex blushed. Don't remind me. It's just been a bit of a crazy day. He told Natasha what Miss Trigdon had said to him. But power doesn't mean I can do anything with it, he finished. It's a start. More than most have got. And you're clearly not a null, Natasha said. So you can stop taking that bait. I can't prove it, though, can I? Not yet. Natasha reached over, and for a moment Alex thought she might hug him, and he was vaguely disappointed when she patted him on the shoulder instead. You will. The cafeteria was quietly buzzing with conversation as people relaxed after a full day. In silence, letting the chatter wash over him, Alex got a sandwich from the serving area and took it back to his seat. As he unwrapped it and ate it, he wondered what other people were doing. Most of the ones with coloured overalls, people who had greater power or focus, were generally grouped together. Just like us, Alex thought, looking at Kingley and Natasha. They were both sat in silence, casting the occasional worried glance at him. Irritated and cross with himself for feeling that way, Alex tapped the table, causing them both to look over. Elsie! The AI's faintly electronic voice floated out of the air. Yes, Alex. Can you extend this conversation so that Natasha and Kingley are hearing it too? Of course. What's happened in past years to people who are categorised as nulls? Alex, Natasha said, frowning, this isn't helping anyone. I want to know too, Kingley said, then shrugged as Natasha turned her glare on him. What? The more we know, right? There was a pause. Then Elsie, sounding like she was picking her words carefully, said... Null is not an official Noctis Point nomenclature. But apparently it is among the students. A thought struck Alex. Who were the two people Raz was with? Natasha got there before Elsie did. She's called Kira, and he's called Richard. He's persistent. It's a fitting name. She tutted. Did you see the fuchsia bands on their overalls and the little black star? Alex and Kingley nodded. They've been assessed to be beyond novice ability already. Raz, he's on track to join them soon, but it looked almost like he was leading them. 
Maybe that's where he's got it from, Alex said. Elsie, the student category of null, how many students have successfully graduated? None, the answer came immediately. Because to graduate from here means advancing into the army, the astral navy, the PO, or the research corps. Because of the way we operate, none of those career paths would be viable for someone without psychic ability. How many have survived long enough to wash out? I have to inform you, Alex, that this conversation will need to be logged and forwarded to a member of student services, Elsie said. How many? There was a pause. None. The three of them exchanged worried glances. Kingley broke the silence. What happened to them? Twenty-two killed in direct pupil-on-pupil violence. Fourteen killed through incidents categorised as laboratory accidents. Four killed in falling incidents. Two suicides. Forty-two people died here and this is... normal? Alex said. There is a certain percentage of collateral damage in any intake that Noctis Point is prepared to overlook, Elsie said. This is based on the idea that, in all things, Sykes will need to work as a unit. A chain is only as good as its weakest link. Told ya, Kingley said. Natasha finished her own sandwich and screwed up the wrapper. What did the black stars on Kira and Richard's collars mean? They are symbols used by the Black Sun Locust team. They are combat specialists. They take the best tacticians and combatants from each new intake and train them. Entry to the Black Suns is usually contingent on having some combat experience in the past, or extensive pre-psych mental training. Kingley sighed and drained the last of his drink. This is getting us nowhere, he said. All you're doing is winding yourself up. You know you're not a null. Miss Trigton said so. Raz will back off eventually, once he finds something he can't do. Or better yet, once you're better than him at something. Easy for you to say, Alex mumbled. Listen, Natasha said, her voice sounding grainy. You're tired. We're all tired. We've been here a grand total of two days, and we've had so much information thrown at us already that it's unreal. Why don't we meet up tomorrow after the morning run? Get some breakfast together. Alex nodded. Okay, listen. I'm sorry about today. Not a great first impression. I'm not like this normally. Kingley grinned broadly. Yeah, well, you're not a psych on some tin can glass jar Mars base normally either. Later that evening, Alex lay staring up at the ceiling. He had typed up a few notes into the diary that Miss Trigdon had given him, trying to keep them fairly objective, but it was difficult to keep his own feelings off the page. Kingley was snoring gently, but to his surprise Alex found it was almost a comforting sound. Back at Mother Chen's, there was always noise and light, even though he'd had his own room. Someone would be awake and wondering, or Mother Chen herself would be doing one of her patrols. There would be long-haul skimmers going overhead, or PO patrols whining through the streets. Orange glowing lights would cast garish shadows onto his walls, illuminating bits of poster and old faded wallpaper. Here, the room was sealed and quiet. No light penetrated the little cube they called home now and in a way he found himself missing the creaky old bed and the smell of overboiled vegetables that had never quite gone away. Alex sat up and reached down for his trousers, puddled by the side of his bed. He was tired, overtired if anything, but he fished out the soft screen he'd been given when they got to the base. 
it glowed into life, and he brought up the messaging service, tapping in Bink's contact details. Dear Bink, he started, then erased the dear. How are you? Is everything all right? I've had an interesting couple of days. Turns out I'm a powerful psych, but I don't know how to use it. Alex looked at what he'd typed, scowled, and then deleted it. It was too trite, too much like a holiday postcard. Dear Bink, wish you were here. Weather is dome. He tried again, shifting slightly and moving his pillow into a more comfortable position. I've made a couple of friends, he typed. Kingly, he's a great guy, and Natasha, she's really nice. She's from Luna. Remember how we used to say we'd visit there when we got our first jobs? She says it's nothing great. Alex stared at it for a moment, then closed his eyes. How do I say the things I want to say? This sounds like I'm letting her know I've replaced her. He erased that. Bink. I miss you. Alex. Alex stared at the screen for a moment. Then he powered it off, leaving the message unsent, and threw it back onto the floor. More awake now, if anything, he closed his eyes and tried to sink into his SI. This at least I can do, he thought. Although the room was dark, his mind applied the same blue and white filter to everything. It wasn't as bright as daylight, but it wasn't pitch black either. It made the room look cold, hostile, and Alex shivered. Pushing the sphere wider was as easy as blowing air into a soap bubble. He looked over at Kingley, marvelling at the clarity with which he could see. Little white shapes, like large dust motes, were dancing around the boy's head as he slept. Dreams? Thoughts? They didn't look like words, more like amorphous blobs. Alex lay there watching them for a while, but they didn't seem to follow any pattern and he turned his attention back to pushing his SI wider. The walls stopped him from progressing any further than the room, and, experimentally, Alex tried to sense along the edges of his SI. There was a slight give, and he focused on the sensation, a small vent that led out of the room. With a feeling akin to posting a balloon through a letterbox, Alex pushed on. The vent led to a junction, then another vent, this one looking down onto someone else's bedroom. There were two people sleeping there, fuzzy and indistinct. No, Alex realised, one of them was asleep. The other one was sat, cross-legged on top of the bed covers. He realised that whoever it was, they were perhaps doing the same thing he was. Expanding his SI now was more like pushing against a rubbery surface that refused to give. But he brought the room next door into better definition and looked more closely at the person on the bed, suddenly feeling faintly nosy. They were making something float, obviously someone who had been here a while. Whatever they were holding in their TK field, it looked like a short stick, with a little constellation of things around it, all picked out in metal. Alex poured effort in, trying to get a less blurry view. The image sharpened, the texture of hair, body definition, the shape of the series of intricate metal nuts and bolts and screws that were being levitated, interacting with each other. It was quite a display as the screws threaded themselves, turning smoothly, and the nuts lined themselves up with the bolts. And then the person on the bed opened their eyes, looking straight at Alex. Like an elastic band snapping, his concentration broke, and he lurched back into his own body, feeling slightly sick. He stared into the darkness again, willing his heart to beat less fast. It had been Raz. Sleep was a long time coming. 
You've been listening to chapter 14 of my novel Noctis Point. If you've enjoyed this episode, come and check out stevecookfiction.com, where you'll find more episodes and blogging about writing, including updates on my new book, Claws of the Chimera. <laughs>